it was the start of this idea where it was just like, okay, we're having to like feed so much to the algorithm to get seen. And I don't want to do that anymore. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, business and mindset coach and the creator of the Bold Business Academy and the Amplify Mastermind. Right here on this podcast, we'll inspire you to become a bold and powerful voice in your industry and claim your space with courage and confidence. You can be bold and go against the grain to become the creative rebel you want to be. Forget average, it's time to level up. Hey, hey, friend, how are you? So good to have you back. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to share this episode with you. It's such a good one. It made me think differently. It gave me some new ideas. We talked about things that I don't think I've talked about on the podcast before. So I am excited to share this episode with you with Jordan Gill, who is, I, as I say in the podcast, she's like the queen of the VIP days. She teaches VIP days, but also Jordan thinks differently. I think that You know, as we talk about in this episode, she follows the data and makes decisions from that instead of following trends and what everybody else is doing. And it's really helped her to stand out. And so I know that you're going to get some great ideas from this podcast episode. And let me know, like go follow Jordan on her Insta, DM us, let us know what your takeaway was from this episode. But yeah, we're talking about Instagram. We're talking about getting rid of everything in the feed like she did. We're talking about systems that can help you be more productive and really leaning into what you're energetically aligned with to be a life first person in your business, which means that you're building a business that gives you the life that you want as well, which aligns with what I talk about, building a profitable business without the burnout. So listen, without further ado, let's dive into this juicy, juicy episode. Jordan, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Suze, for having me. I'm really excited to dive into a lot of our topics today. I know. So, so good. So Jordan, I can't even tell you when I, when I connected or when I discovered you, I feel like it was a couple of years ago. We were in um, a mastermind together. I want to say two years ago. And that's when I got to know you more or follow you more. But for my audience that don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about like you and how you got here and what you do? (laughs) Who am I? Who are you, Jordan? Right. Uh, So I'm Jordan Gill and I run a business called Systems Saved Me. And we've been in business almost seven years at this point. And uh, we've had different evolutions. We've even had three different names before Systems Saved Me. But um, what were they? Oh, gosh, they were awful. The first one was personalized procedures. So people thought I was a medical device company. It's not what I was doing. Um, I was helping people with their backend systems. So that all that lasted like seven months. And then uh, I did the Colada group um, because the pineapple is a part of our branding and it represents hospitality and relaxing and being able to take time off in your business. So we took um, the Colada of Pina Colada, mm. added a K because it sounded fancy like Kardashians. And um, that was our second uh <laughs> That's our second business name, which I had for about two years. And then I was like, you know what? What we do is systems. And I was fighting that word 
pretty much my entire beginning of business because systems, you know, scare people and I couldn't possibly just come out and say that I do systems. And people were calling me system saved me anyway, because that was my podcast name. And so Mm. it was funny because like no one was calling me by my business name anyway. (laughs) So I was like, well, let me just go ahead and make this easy for everybody and just be system save me and like frolic. And what I did for people was like operations consulting and I did it in a VIP day format. And so I've been doing VIP day since about seven, eight months into my business. I started out doing monthly retainers was the worst for me. I have chronic health issues. And when, when you're you know, just chugging along month after month. Like I just was getting burnt out so quickly and Mm. I had to make the adjustment. So I figured out about VIP days and which is basically just a one day version of what I was doing for clients ongoing. And once I had my first one, I was hooked. Uh, So about the first, whatever, maybe two, three years, I was only doing VIP days and people were looking at me like, you're like going on vacation a lot. You're like puzzling a lot. You're like, are you working? Are you not working? Because I was only working with four clients a month across four days. And so I had three day work weeks. Like I had four day weekends every weekend. Like it was a very chillax situation. And everyone was like, well, what are these things? And so I was like, well, let me create a program around that. And so uh, March, 2020, yes, like literally the weekend of Mm-hmm. The entire world just shutting down. Uh, we launched our program called Done in a Day, and that was to help service providers, coaches, consultants structure and sell a VIP day. We've helped over 500 people do it in the past two and a half years. And now we are kind of zooming back out into, okay, VIP days are a business model that I can stand by. And it it's a part of a larger conversation around building a life first business. Yeah. And what that means to me is like taking your life into consideration first when building your business, because my people aren't necessarily the like, I'm going to be a millionaire speaking on stages, author of books, people. They're more like, I want my business to support my livelihood and my legacy. And like, I'm good. So, you know, and, and, and getting paid well for it. So that's really the conversation I want to have. And now I want to talk about sales or marketing or just different aspects of business building besides just the business structure of VIP days. But again, all in the lens of life first business. Yeah. And I love that. So interesting. I come from a consulting background and we always used to charge daily rates and we used to do Mm -hmm. some things that were just literally done in a day, which I think is hilarious because that's just the, the, like the vocabulary that we would use as well. Uh Uh, And so when I came into my business, I used to do like brand strategy sessions which I just used to call as a VIP day yeah. mm-hmm. uh, or an intensive, yes, yes, which would be done in a day. Yeah. Um, so I just love that. And I know I do feel like you're the queen of done in a day. I feel oh, like, you. yeah, the VIP day thing, I think of you, I think that you branded yourself really well around that. Uh, and oh, I know yeah. that, yeah, I know quite a few of my listeners and my community are, I think, alumni or graduates yeah, of done in a day as well. So that's so, so good. And I totally agree. I think that if you can get smarter with the way that you're charging and the way that you're working with clients, uh, that's obviously going to be more profitable and beneficial. Did you ever, I think one of the things that some of my clients have thought is, I don't know that I can get it done in a day. Like I don't, what about clients who like you do it in a day and then they still want 
like mm-hmm. more support or more like it's n- it's never just a day, Suze. That's what I, that's what some people say to me. <laughs> oh, I know. Yep. There's and here's the thing: not every transformation can be done in a day. Mm. Is my like response? But I've always found um, for people who have longer transformations, where VIP days can be super helpful is in the qualifying part of your clients. So, for example, you have maybe like a strategic planning session with somebody and then you do like long-term online business manager work, or maybe you do website strategy and then maybe the building of the website takes longer than that. Um, So you can, and what's great about that is you get paid for that qualification and then you can decide if you want to even invite them into the longer term. Because what I find with people who have like longer uh, containers is that if you sign someone for six, 12 months, it's like, okay, hopefully we like each other because if not, then like, this is going to be miserable. And what VIP days do is it allows you to get paid to qualify and determine if you are a good working fit. And then if not, you don't even have to mention your long-term stuff. And if so, then you can invite them because you know that it's going to be a healthy, happy working relationship. Yeah. I love that. So, so good. All right, great. So because you are the systems guru, uh, let's, we're just going to use all the words, queen, guru, (laughs) amazingness. Like let's just go with that. Uh, I would love to know what are some of the key systems that you've set up in your business that you think are just foundational that have really helped you to build this life? Obviously VIP days are one of them, but what else have you sort of created? Oh, yes. Well, that could be a whole seminar for a month, uh, basically, because uh, I love me some good systems and automation and uh, organization. I was just telling my husband this morning, actually, I was like, you don't even appreciate my systems because my I have this for this just shows you how many how granular my systems get is like me, my husband and my bonus son all have different color chargers. OK, my bonus son is white. My husband is black and I'm gray. And so use the right color charger. And I will know if you stole my charger because I have the gray chargers. And so I see you over there with a gray charger, which is mine. Why did you steal my charger? (laughs) (laughs) That's how a little bit, you know, interesting I am, I guess. So it it runs deep. Um, But in business, um, a lot of the systems that I like to create are things that I know are going to take the most off my plate on a daily basis. So that's where I start. It's like, what are the things I'm doing every single day and how can I relieve myself of a lot of them? So, you know, that can be common emails. Like we have a ton of templates in our inbox that are just the same because if somebody can't find their login or somebody's trying to schedule a guest podcast, if someone is like, there's so many things that happen every single day that like, we don't need to reinvent the wheel of that email. So that is one that does take up quite a bit of time from a customer support standpoint, always have email templates. That's a big one that can save you a lot of time. Also with scheduling, love me some scheduling links, like yes. love, love, love them um, and whatnot. So, um, but it's funny in my, uh, in my business, uh, people would like use my scheduling link without having talked to like my person first. And so we actually don't have a scheduling link anymore. So like now it's, it's all through Trina, um, who's on my team, but I love scheduling links. Like I love, especially because of time zones. Mm, Okay. Like, you know, obviously Susie in Australia, I'm in Dallas, Texas for us to navigate time zones sounds like a nightmare. Um, you probably know, because you know, you talk with people in the U S all the time. And I have, I have, 
I speak to quite a few Australians as well, but I'm just like, mm, with, with especially with daylight savings and all that yeah, stuff, I'm yeah. like, no. So emails, calendar, and then another thing is um, like payments, right? So Autopoll is your friend. Um, sending out invoices, I would tell you not to do that <laughs> just because that's going to take up more of your time to remember who I'm supposed to send for when and where and mm. it's too much. So as much as you can automate your payments coming in, um, even if, again, you have like clients that all pay you on the first, just like auto pull instead of auto send, you know, invoices. Um, because again, if you auto send an invoice, that doesn't mean you're going to get paid on the first necessarily, unless they open that email and pay you. So those are kind of the three first areas that I encourage most people. Cause those are the Three tend to be the biggest time sucks. Yeah. And just on that. So um, with Calendly, that's what I use. There's single, yeah. there's single link use. So oh, nice. that's, yeah. So that's what we use that's with nice. people who so smart. it's like this, you can only, it's like, it's like your one wish you get it yes. one time and then it's done. You can't like read. That was smart. That was yeah, smart. So there's little things, but I feel like some of the systems, uh, some of the, you know, tech that we're using, I feel like they're getting smarter as well, which yep. is really great too. So great to, to make sure that that's, um, that's happening. And then with my VA, I've got a separate link, which is where she can just go and book podcast episodes when she's pitching ah. for me. And I've yeah. set what times like yep. that, that link kind of has access to. So I love yep. it. I'm yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that that's so good. And yeah, finding things that you can just get rid of outsource automate is just joy. So, yes. so good. And so was there something that you did that really transformed your business? Because I think for me, I'm mm. just like, I've seen I love the fact that you're life first and I do see, I love that you do go on holiday and you do take your sabbaticals and you do have yep. your days and all the rest yep. of it um, mm-hmm. and your puzzles. So part of your brand as well, Jordan. I'm like, <laughs> all of these things I do think of when I do think of you, but was there anything awesome. that you think accelerated mm. or transformed your business that kind mm. of stands out? Yeah. One thing is that I think a lot of people are, I don't know if they're scared to do, but it can confront some things that make you nervous about yourself. And that's getting to know yourself. I know myself very well. I know exactly my learning style. I know exactly the type of tasks that I excel at. I know the exact type of tasks that drain me. I am very acutely aware of how I operate as an individual and as a human. And so that has allowed me to make decisions very quickly. Like I don't really dwell in the, mm, I don't know, like maybe like this opportunity could be cool. I don't spend time there because, and actually Trina on my team, who's my operations consultant, basically Jordan Wrangler is really the title. She's in charge of my schedule, my email, everything. And so she actually has a playbook of me and she knows what to say yes to, what to say no to, what follow-up questions to ask people to understand how I'm going to um, be able to show up because, and I peeled that right from my brain. And it's, I don't know, at this point, who knows how long it is. But I remember when I first gave it to her, it was about 10 pages of just like how I operate. Like, I don't like a lot of fluff. So like, ask me direct questions. And if you have a problem, send me at least one or two solutions and then tell me which of the two solutions you think is best. So that way, again, when we are in communication, it's quick, it's short. It's like, yes or no, usually um, questions versus like, I have to sit here hmm and ha, see what's the best, see what's not the best. It's like, I don't got time for that. Right. So 
that's something that, again, a lot of people are scared to do because you're going to find stuff that you're like, oh, like that's a weakness, but yet, and still I don't see it as a weakness. I just see it as something that I'm not going to do. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, for example, like I, oddly enough, have a journalism degree, but I hate writing. And so if somebody ever comes into my inbox asking Trina for me to guess blog post, it's an automatic no. Like she doesn't even have to tell me. Yeah. It's automatic no. Um, and I could be like, well, I should get better at it. And it's an opportunity. It could be even the right audience. And it's still going to be a no because it's going to take me three full days to write that blog post. And then I'm not doing the activities and tasks that excite me that I enjoy. And that will move the needle in my business because I'm so obsessive and crazy about this, you know, 500 word guest blog post that takes me three days. And so it, it allows me to confront and actually accept who I am and not get so bogged down by like not being what maybe other people want me to be or how I should say yes to stuff like the shoulds and the couldas and all that stuff. Like I don't really get wrapped up in because I know who I am. I know where I'm powerful and I just stay in my lane. (laughs) So it's interesting that that would be something that as I talk to a lot of business owners, that's like what they're scared of, like people who are scared of being on video or people who are scared of whatever else it is. It's like, okay, well then just build a business where you're doing guest podcasts, you know, or build a business where you're writing more. Like there's opportunities in every lane. So just know yourself well enough to know I'm going to do this and then I'm not going to do this. Yeah. I love that. I would say to my audience as well, like just find where you're energy energetically aligned and also yeah. what energizes you. Cause I'm like, yes. if I love talking, if I can talk on a stage, if I can talk on a podcast, if I can, I always say I can talk underwater. I'm yeah. like, I'm never <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like for me, then podcasting's easy. Yeah. Cause somebody, I, somebody did say to me the other day, don't you find it tiring? I'm like, no, well, I don't even know what you're talking about. This is so fun for me. And I think yep. if you can find things that, like you said, you really enjoy, then it mm-hmm. just doesn't feel like work. You're like, okay, totally. and now let's like let's right. do it again. What else could we do? Yep. Uh, and I think that that's, yeah, I think that's such an important thing to do, especially with, we're going to get into this in a bit, social media, because I, I can't wait to have this conversation <laughs> with you. Uh, but especially with social media, like I get a lot of people that are like, oh, it just, it just drains me. And I don't even know if I'm getting clients from it. And yeah. I don't want to do reels. I don't want to dance, like all these sorts of yes. things. And I'm like, you've got to take a look at what you've got access to yeah. and then decide where you're going to, like, if you want to use the tool, then you got to figure out how to use it to your advantage. Like, what do yes. you like to do? And I just, I just love that, you know, sometimes I can just set my camera up and film myself for six seconds and then write a caption. Like, oh, I'm man. like, you really don't need to dance. You really don't. Like, if you don't want to, like whatever right. you want to do. But I think right. that sometimes we don't see the easiness of some mm-hmm. things because we're like, oh, I just don't want to do it. So yeah, right. so we're gonna we're gonna get into that in just a minute because yes. I was excited to talk to you about that. Is there anything else that you think business owners aren't doing when it comes to systems that you think that we should be aware of? So we've sort of talked about automations, which I love, like using tech to help yourself, really knowing yourself so that you can be energetically aligned to the right things and get yeah. other people maybe in your team to know you well enough so that they can filter right. some of that stuff. Is there anything else you kind of think? you know, maybe have a think about this. 
Yeah, I think I think people when they hear system, they think automation, but I have, again, a lot of different systems in a, a broad sense. And so another system I have is like every year I reevaluate pretty much all of the playbook that I talk about because I'm like, well, do I still, because listen, two, what was it? Two, two and a half years ago when I started doing Rails, hated them. I was like, this is so dumb. I'm so mad at my social media person right now. And I looked mad. Like if you scroll all the way back, which would take you too long. So just don't even try. Like I don't look super comfortable or happy or any of that stuff, but, but I gave it a try. And so, you know, I, I did it for a little bit and then started to recognize kind of the swing of it. And then I was like, oh, okay. Like these ones I like doing, these ones I don't like doing. This gets us results. This one's doesn't get us results. Yeah. And so then, you know, after that first year of doing them and I'm like, oh, actually, I, I think I could enjoy these. And these are the ways that I like to do it. And so then that next year it was like on like Donkey Kong. Right. And it, it got us results. It felt really good. It was energetically aligned, all of that stuff. And so sometimes it's like, okay, in that season, two and a half years ago, I was just like, mm, whatever. But now it's something that I enjoy and I encourage other people to do. Heck, and right? you just so spoke in an event about it. I spoke in an event about it. I was like, I was you. I was all of you looking at me <laughs> like on this stage, hated reels, hated beyond. I still, you know, I'm not like most gung-ho about video and having my face be plastered everywhere. But um, I, again, you find a way if you really do want to use the tool, right? Which the tool is Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like if you do really want to use that tool, you can figure out ways that feel good because I don't, and I know we'll get into this. Like I don't post posts, like there's no carousels. There's no, none of that. I have a static grid and that's it. Like okay. I do reels and I do stories. Okay. Hang <laughs> on. It. We've got to start from the beginning because okay. when I thought about having Jordan on, I'm like, I've got to ask you this because I'm so fascinated by it. Yeah. <laughs> because when was it? Was it two years ago? Was it like a year ago? That it was you less than a year. It was less? Was it really? Yeah. So it was June. Those, yeah. So for those who don't understand, so about a year, a June, nine months, whatever it was ago, yeah. you deleted your entire Instagram feed, just saying that gives me heart palpitations. And let's just go from there. Why did you do it? What were you thinking? And what has happened since? Because it's still the same. You changed the nine, is it six yep. or nine grid? Mm -hmm. But can you just take us through that yeah. because I still remember when it happened and we were all like, what is she doing? <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of DMs about people thinking I was hacked. Um, so my original thought was, again, I'm a data person. I'm like, I don't want to do something if it's not, I'm driven by data. So I'm like, I don't want to do this if it's not going to get me results. It's just, it's not exciting to me. So I looked at my Instagram and I was like, yeah, we could do IGTVs at the time. IGTVs, reels, posts, hot, like stories. There just was all these things on Instagram. I was like, we're not going to do all this. This is, we can't do this. So I looked at, okay, where are we getting actual results? Meaning like people are signing up for our stuff. People are sharing, people are saving, people are like engaging. And it was hands down stories and reels above anything else. IGTVs, posts, none of that stuff. So I was like, okay, well, can we just do that then? Like, are we allowed to? And I saw a few people to? who had changed their posts to just, again, nine posts um, on their Instagram feed. And I was like, well, maybe that's what I do is I just 
I have my nine posts and then I literally just focus on stories and, and reels. So we so I can hang on a sec. I just, but why did they do that? Do you know why they did that? Like, well, how come all of a sudden that kind of happened? I know. Yeah. I think that it was a lot of people who, again, are lower energetic capacity and were just like, I don't want to have to feed the algorithm this way. And a lot of them actually don't, they only do stories. So they don't even do reels um, and whatnot. So it was the start of this idea where it was just like, okay, we're having to like feed so much to the algorithm to get seen. And I don't want to do that anymore. And so I think a lot of people, it was their way to say like, I'm on Instagram, but like, also don't talk to me on there. Like, it's like basically a landing page, right? Um, So that's how we saw it too. It was like, okay, this is our landing page on Instagram so that if they come to us from Reels, they're going to go to our profile and they're going to see the exact nine posts that we want them to see, which again is strategic because sometimes it's like, okay, I post my breakfast or sometimes I post like my bonus son, which is cool, but also not going to help with conversions at all. You know what I'm saying? So we were intentional with the nine images that we put as our nine posts. So that way, again, because reels is how you get in front of new audiences. Stories Mm. is more nurture Mm. and that's exactly how they play for us. And so I was like, okay, so we literally archived. So technically we still have everything from the past five, six, seven years that I've been on Instagram and it's just tucked away. And I literally had my social media manager put it all in there and she's just like crying. She's just like, I worked so hard on all of this. Like, there it goes. (laughs) I was like, I know, I'm sorry. But uh, then we put up our nine, our nine squares and it was definitely got some people talking and was just like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? What's happening? Like you used to be on Instagram a lot. Are you going away? And, um, and I just let people know kind of, you know, the reasons. And I did a couple of lives about it and Mm. shared the data and it was such a relief. Honestly, Sue's like, I, yeah, I'm never going back. (laughs) Just like, this is the way I'm moving forward from here on out. And now we, um, are creating more of like a magazine version of Mm. these nine spots. So we had like, um, a six grid that was about, um, our podcast coming back, System Saving Podcast, about some other things going on. And then when we launched our event, yeah, I wanted to put our event as in the next six grid. And so you can scroll a little bit, but whatever they're seeing as their first six are the, the most prevalent that we want them to know about. And so we just saw that like we were flipping between launches or different things for our nine grid. And that was cool, um, but we wanted it to kind of be almost like a... Mm, not even a vlog because it's not video, but I guess a blog version or magazine version of like, okay, every so often the the feed is getting updated with whatever is most happening right now. Yeah. Um, and I love it. And so now we just do reels. Um, I've just gone to we take post them. Right. Yep. Yep. You can go yeah. check. Yeah. It's like a mini, <laughs> yeah, mini blog. Yeah. And so again, whenever reels are showing our profile to other people and people click the little system, save me, they're seeing exactly what we want them to see. And that's the biggest thing, because again, if you have stuff on there randomly on Instagram, conversion wise, it's it's not going to be the most helpful. And that's why our Instagram feeds our email list, feeds our launches, feeds everything. Um, and we get results from it because we're so intentional about our Instagram without it being super overwhelming or having to post constantly. 
I love that because I think my initial thought was like your social media manager, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I've got so much content in my Instagram that it Mm -hmm. did. I was just like, could I get rid of it? But you've just archived it all. So you can always bring it back if you want. And even saying that, even though I've got all that content, it's not like I go back and (laughs) I know it's it's just my thought, obviously, which I can change. But, um, but I think that that's really interesting and something that you said, if it's not going to, if it's not getting me the results, I'm not interested in it, which I absolutely love. And I think that those analytics are so important. So since you've made that change, have -hmm. you seen, I mean, obviously you're saying it's feeding all of your launches and your events and all the rest of it. Yep. Are you seeing like more attention on your reels and that, because I know that that's what you're focusing on. Like, are you seeing like really great results with that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, we, um, again, with the talk that I just gave, um, so Instagram's like standard percentage of organic reach rate is about 13%. Um, ours is 55%. So 55% of our 24,000 Instagram followers on average are seeing our stuff. Wow. And that, that matters. That is a big deal. Um, and so our content goes far in organic, right? And we're not having to pay for it, which is great. And do you think it's and because the only thing you're doing is reels? I think that it's... Like that's it's all they've got thing. to push out for you. I mean, obviously it'll be quality, but... Right, right. Yeah. So there's, there's some things that we do that help feed each other. So for example, if I'm going to do a post that is like, go sign up for a workshop or go buy something or sign up for my email list. We will always strategically do a high commenting, um, reel, uh, before we do the CTA one, um, Mm. because if the algorithm is seeing that people are commenting, engaging, whatever I post next is going to jump. Um, and so again, we've, we figured out these things through a lot of different testing, uh, and whatnot. So, you know, and we aren't looking at, I don't really look at number of followers. Um, I don't really look at, um, even really likes per se. I'm not trying to go viral with any of my posts. I've yeah. had two of them go viral, like hundred and some thousand, 200 and yeah. some thousand. And those are not what gets you results. Yeah, like it, it puts you out there, but that also just means that your content is too broad in my perspective. So I'm not actually reaching who I want to reach. Um, and so we focus on getting between like a thousand, 5,000 likes or views, um, more views. And then the rest kind of works itself out. So whether that's comments, whether that's saves, um, and whatnot. And so we've, we've recognized that once we post a reel, we automatically add it to our stories because that organic. So when people watch your stories and a reel is in there, that counts as a view. So we know we have a good amount of people watching our stories. And so therefore we're going to get those views very quickly initially because people are on it with, with our stories. And so that also feeds the juice and feeds, you know, people starting to comment. And then again, Instagram's paying attention. Um, and so there's, there's those little nuances that we've learned through this approach um, that has gotten us the results. We also have tested, uh, like bitly short links and things like that on our reels. And so there's a reel that like I'm walking my dog and talking about a private podcast that people can um, download. And within the first 24 hours, a hundred people came to the page and 95 people signed up for the free wow. private podcast. 
95% landing page I've never had in my entire life. Um, and even after a few days after it was still like 75%. So like, it was just, it was so on point. Mm. Um, and again, it, with the people that came through, then we had, you know, a funnel and it, that post ended up getting us like 12,800 bucks, um, from that one post of me walking my dog, talking about a private podcast. Was it a paid so, private podcast? Uh, no, it was a free private podcast that they signed okay. up through their email. Yeah. And then on the thank you page, we encouraged them to come to our virtual conference at that oh, time. Okay. Yeah. They bought a $39 ticket. And then on the back, back end, um, we have a $5,000 or $6,000 program. And so two people bought that $6,000 program. And I was just like, I'm walking my dog. I put a little <laughs> music on it. Not even a trending music. It was just music. And voila. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. and that happens for us. Like that's, that's like not our norm, but like that's, we've gotten hundreds of email list subscribers, like re-signups and new people from our reels because we are paying very close attention to what is working and what is not working. And again, we're not getting results. We're going to pivot. We're going to adjust. And so if you're doing like that. boring B-rolls like I am, or you have, um, what are they called? Like collage kind of, where there's multiple mm. videos. Those work really well. We do front facing videos where I'm talking to the camera. We've done, we do some trending audios every once in a while, just to toss in some fun, but we aren't, we aren't really doing the typical, uh, like trendy, dancey, pointy ones. We are doing a lot more like B-roll behind the scenes, mm. conversational ones. And those ones we've like just really hit the mark on. And so those, those are the ones that we're you know, pumping out every single day. We do one reel a day. And I that's was literally um, going to say, what's your schedule? Yeah. Yeah. So one reel a day, we found that doing more than that doesn't really do much for us. And then doing less than that, we just recognize that Instagram forgets about us <laughs> um, and it affects our organic reach. So mm -hmm. we are just like, okay, one a day, like that's what we're doing. Um, and it's worked really well. Yeah. So interesting. I think this new verification thing is going to be really interesting as well. Yeah, with um, the reach I get a lot of spam accounts that duplicate like my staff, I'm sure you no. probably do as well, yeah. which mm -hmm. drives me mad. And it just makes me yeah. feel a bit sick because I have had uh, like one of my community buy from a spam account and then, yeah, like it's, and so it's not just like annoying, right. it's like, yeah, mm. it just makes me feel sick because they're like yeah. out there saying to my followers, Hey, do you want to buy right. from me these dodgy weird mm -hmm. things. And I'm just like, oh, don't do that. That just makes me feel awful. Anyway. So we'll That's see fine. what happens with that. Cause obviously they're saying that they will like prioritize some of your content as well, which, so yeah. that'll be interesting. But I think the thing yep. that I really love that you're sort of saying, Jordan is I do feel a lot of people feel pressured to do what everybody's saying you should do. Yep. And I think that measuring and figuring out what works as well is just so important. And I love that you're like, and if it changes, we'll just pivot again. And I right. think just you being in control of where your business is going and what it's doing based on the data, I think yeah. is like such an important thing. Can I ask like when you take a look at your business as a whole mm -hmm. and you, the like source of clients, so mm -hmm. where your clients come from, like oh, yes. where, what's that mix for you? Yep. So we are a big fan of UTM links, which are a way for you to track where your um, people are coming from. So what freebies, what podcasts, what social media, what ads. So our mix is mainly um, guest podcasting, 
me talking on stages virtually or in person and uh, referral partnerships. So that's kind of the feeder into either then they sign up for specific freebies or they start to follow us on Instagram and then eventually sign up for a freebie mm. of some sort. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah, we've started getting folks even on YouTube now because um, we do YouTube shorts um, that do really well. And so I would say, generally speaking, then when it comes to our launches, mainly Instagram and email, um, we have a little bit of um, ads, like five, 10%. And then um, affiliates as well. So it's usually our last launch we did in September of last year for our done in a day was 50% Instagram email. And again, like 40%, 40, 40 to 45% affiliates and then five to 10% ads. Um, mm -hmm. So we don't even spend, we spent uh, last year, like 25,000 in ads. And that was a seven figure year, same thing the year before that. Um, so we don't do a ton of yeah ads and there's it's not like an, i'm anti-ads it just mm. is we we do really well with everything to. else Why so, would you? yeah yeah exactly yeah. so we i love paying my affiliates more than zuckerberg so i love that, I love that <laughs> thought that's such a good yeah. thought yeah, yeah so interesting and i just i have to ask you i don't know why i didn't put this in the questions that we were going to talk about because you and virtual conferences <laughs> like I'm just like you're so great at them and Thank I love you. the fact I feel like I feel like for me historically virtual summits and all of that have kind of been these free things where you can sometimes pay for an upgrade things like that right. but I love the way that you do it because it's like paying up front so mm -hmm. like all of your virtual conferences are paid for um, like people buy yep. tickets, but can you yep. just talk to me about like your thinking around virtual conferences, the experience that you're trying to create um, and just, yeah, like how you've made that a big part of your business? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I'm an events person in general. Um, so, uh, you know, Susan and I were talking beforehand about live events and in-person events and I love that stuff. Um, that's really where being an attendee, being a speaker, it doesn't even really matter. I love it all. And obviously with the pandemic, um, I was like, well, I won't be, uh, creating any in-person stuff. And so we had to figure out a new way. Um, and so I had seen Mariah Cause do one or two maybe mm. and was just like, okay, that's interesting. And I, again, like that it's paid up front. So my first virtual conference, I did it for free um, and I did it more summit style. So it was mm. pre-recorded, got like 1100 signups, um, but had like trash conversions to my high ticket. It was like 26,000, which I understand 26,000 is a lot of money. However, I have like employee team members, yeah, like yeah. I have real expenses. So 26,000 was not going to cut it. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Uh, and I wasn't going to do it again. Um, but I was like, I just, I feel like I want to get one more shot. Like, I feel like if I change some things, I could really crack the code on this. And so my second one in 2021 or 2020, excuse me, in September, I did it three months later and I did it all live. Um, so that was a big difference between my first one and my second one was they were all live. So mm -hmm. there were speakers with speaking times. And then um, also it was a paid ticket. I think it was like 19. And so we had about 580. So about half of what we saw before, but it was like $170,000 in to my high ticket. And I was oh like, well, <laughs> 
pack your bags. Like this is the winner. And yeah. so from then on, I've had, you know, $200,000 launches, $400,000 launches from the virtual conferences. Um, and again, I'm getting between 600 and 800 people to pay the ticket price. And then, you know, tons of people coming and joining my, my high ticket program at 6k. So I think the reason that we do them so well is because of I'm just an intentional person. If you can't like tell that by everything I've said, <laughs> like I, I can't possibly just do something to do something. There's always a reason. And so with the virtual conferences, I'm intentional about every single speaker and in the way that every speaker is helping my attendees overcome an objection for my program. So who Love the heck that. is it that buys VIP days? Well, we have a real real buyers of VIP days panel. So you're going to hear from multiple people on why they prefer buying VIP days over other offers. Oh, like, well, I don't know um, if I can really turn my VIP, turn my service or, or process into a VIP day. Well, we have this entire panel of variety of VIP days where we're going to show you six different people who've turned their longer term stuff into a VIP day. Oh, well, I don't know about the, like every speaker every panel is overcoming an objection. So at the end, when it's like, come join my thing, it's like, well, we literally have spent two days overcoming all of your objections. So why would you not sign up? You know, mm. um, plus knowing that they're meeting a lot of the people in the chat that will be joining them. They're like, oh, I love these people. Why would I want to leave these people? I would just want to hang out with them more. So I guess I'm joining this program. Um, so it's, it's about that intentionality. And I think too, with summits, a lot of times, what's trickiest about them is that again, people are choosing who they want to hear. And again, people aren't thinking of speakers as overcoming objections. They're just like, I either want their audience because it's big or they're a friend of mine, so it's cool, or they're an expert in something. And it has nothing to do with overcoming objections for what you're actually selling at the end of it. And so yeah. that's where I see people uh, just like struggle or have a difficult time with that kind of um, launch event is that- mm the intentionality of overcoming objections is not there. So that's something that we do very, very well and um, and really enjoy the, the intentionality behind the programming itself. So why are people speaking? Mm. How is it leading them to our end result and goal? Gold, Jordan, just <laughs> gold. I love that. That is so, so good. And have you found a difference between the two days and the one day? Like, have you done a one day... We've never done a one day. We just okay. kept it two because it was working. So I was like, well, we're just not going to, okay. <laughs> we're not going not gonna <laughs> to mess with that. We, yeah. we thought about it, but, and of course it's like, okay, you have literally done a day program. So why would it not be a, a one day conference? But I was just like, eh, I like the two days. I think mm. it gives us enough space to overcome all the objections that we need to overcome. Um, so we've just kept it two. Yeah. So good. And I saw, I don't know if it was for a virtual conference or for something else, but you sent out everybody like a door handle holder. That was uh -huh. like a do not disturb that was branded with the virtual conference or with whatever it was that you were doing. And I'm like, yeah. girl, look <laughs> at you, you and your fancy things. <laughs> Posting stuff around the world. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. With shipping is a pain in the butt. I would not yeah. suggest people do that for their first like three or four yeah. virtual conferences. Like yeah. wait until, you know, you have it, you have it a little bit more dialed in um, and yeah. whatnot. But yeah. It was so fun. good. So good. I could talk to you all day. All right. <laughs> Uh, but I know you're an introvert, <laughs> so I'm going to let you go. But <laughs> but um, but that has just been so, so good. So what is happening for you this year? Because I know you got a lot of stuff on. Tell them all the things. I'm excited for you. 
Yeah, thank you. You know, 2022 was a hard year for a lot of people, including myself. Um, and I'm very transparent about it was really, I mean, it was personal and business, but mainly um, the fact that I had overhired. Um, and so I just, um, basically I was given the advice to hire two people for this one position because one person is going to not be as great. And so therefore you then aren't out, um, a team member. And so I had a couple of times where, um, a team member I had hired would leave after three months because they bought a house and just wanted the W2 for that, or it just wasn't a good fit. And so I was like, okay, seriously. Um, and so I was like, well, maybe I do need to hire two people for one position because mm. again, I'm tired of having to go through this process so many times. Um, and I did that for my sales team and my coaching team. And that just was not good. Like having that many people in my sphere energetically was not good. Um, and I, it was painful. I went from, uh, like eight or nine people at the beginning of 2022 to 18 back down to eight. Um, and yeah, it was do not recommend (laughs) out of 10. Uh, and it was a lot, it was really hard for me, um, because I love on people. And even if there were people that I liked them because of whatever, but they weren't a good fit for my business. That's hard for me to have those conversations. Um, and then I had to let go of people because of the sales not being where they needed to be. So again, it just was not fun. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? 2023 is going to be fun for me. Okay. Like if I didn't want to have fun, I would go and get a job and like do that whole thing. Like I can't be in this like negative energy around my own business. And so, um, so yeah, we're doing a lot of fun stuff, meaning that we have our in-person conference, Make Your Mark Live, that's happening in September and here in I Dallas, which is going to be shame. fun. Dallas is so far away. Yeah, <laughs> I know. There are some direct flights though to Australia, I think Qantas and um, somewhere else, because I had looked before. Um, and so that we have our live event. And then um, also I've been doing like a strategic partnership mastermind, which is um, where it's just direct one-on-one Slack access to me. And I get to just talk strategy, talk through stuff, look over all of your launch stuff before you um, put it out there in the world. Again, I have a lot of I'm good at a lot of things and that can be tough when you are wanting to be the expert in something Mm. because like I'm I'm good at sales, I'm good at marketing, I'm good at ops, I'm good at a lot of stuff. Um, And so having the strategic partnership mastermind allows me to flex that um, within a container while I can still be who I want to be outwardly. So that's really fun. And then I've just been like having fun with little workshops here and there. So we had revenue Rolodex, we've had soft sales masterclass. We're about to come out with a short form subscribers, um, which is about how to build your email list through reels. So that'll be coming out very soon. So you know what? I'm just having fun. And if it doesn't make sense to people, that's fine, but it's working for me and I'm enjoying it and my team's enjoying it. And that, that matters, that energy behind your stuff matters so much. Um, and it's not everything, right? You have to have some strategy in place, but if you, if you aren't enjoying it, if it's not lighting you up, then it it, it really affects your sales. It affects your delivery or client experience. Like it's, it's a big part of it. Amazing. And so as far as your product suite goes, cause you were obviously just mentioning a whole lot of things there. So you've got your core, like done in a day product that people can do. Cause I know that I think that, I don't know when it was, but I know when mm. we were sort of um, in the same container together, you went yep. from like a year container to like eight week. And I just, I think mm-hmm. there was something mm-hmm. like that where you yeah, kind of it was six months of, to eight okay, weeks. Yep. Yeah. Months to eight weeks. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's still your core product. And then you've kind of got these other things that you're doing as well. Yeah. Right? So kind of. So I've never actually publicly said this, um, but I'm no longer offering done in a day oh. in any sort of group coaching container. So and it's just also, like you do it yourself, like self-study. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So again, that was coming down to in, in October of last year, my doctor was like, your cortisol levels are too high. You need to bring down your stress levels immensely. Um, also October was when my, my husband was let go of his, his position, um, due to budget cuts and layoffs of everything that's going on in the world. And so it was just, yeah, it was a lot. And I was like, well, what's the most stressful thing to me? And my program was at that moment, not because of the people inside of it necessarily, but because I was going to have to hire more coaches to maintain. And I'd already hired nine coaches at that point. And I, that was the last thing I wanted to do with my time. So I was like, well, I guess the answer is I'm not selling this anymore. If I don't want to do what it takes to really maintain the level of experience for my clients that I want to maintain. So, so I made that decision in eh, technically January, but October was when it was like, okay, I need to make some, some adjustments. Okay. Interesting. So good. I think the one thing that I've just taken away from you is just like, and I feel like probably this is something that um, that I need to shift my own mindset with, but it's kind of like core products and just yep. continuing to build. And we're not going to get into this conversation, but it was interesting because as we're recording this yesterday, Vanessa Lau, who, um, yes. who a lot of people know, uh, yep. kind of gave up her business, has gone on sabbatical, which is totally yep. cool and amazing to make those decisions. Uh, yep. But I think it's just really interesting that you don't, like it's okay to flex and try and pivot and change and do things that align with you energetically and have fun. You, and just because you built something doesn't yep. mean that you have to keep the machine running. And I think that that's 100%. just a really, I feel like that's something that I'm trying to like grapple with yeah. myself at the moment where you're like, but but I built it and I spent right. so much time building it and I love mm-hmm. it. And it's like, but does it still look the way that it, does it still need to look the way that it has looked in the past and how else could this work? And the market is changing rapidly and do your products and services not only align with you, but still meet the market need where it is for your audience. Like I just see so many, so many questions, (laughs) but we don't have time for that, but I love it. I love that you've challenged my thinking. I love Mm. the way that you think I'm a geek girl as well. I don't always get into the numbers, but I love the numbers. I'm like, tell me all the numbers. I don't want to go find the numbers, but I'm I'm like, I say to my VA, I'm like, What's our, like from the date people like signed up to the date that they joined, what's that? Like where are all of our source of like clients coming from and purchases and all that. So I think it's such a good thing to get into, but listen, I do need to like wrap it up because I'm just like, (laughs) can we just talk about this as well? Anyway, Jordan, where can people find you? Yes. So we have our website at just Um, Instagram, obviously at system save me. It's me and my DMS having a blast. Um, and then my podcast. So obviously your podcast listener, you can go and check out systems saved me all the places it's plural systems because not just one system can save y'all. Uh, it's gotta be a whole, it's gotta be a lot. So, so <laughs> I like to be clear. I love it. So good. All of your links will be in the show notes as well, but thanks so much for coming on. I love this conversation. It was so fun. This was so great. Thanks so much for having me. (laughs) My pleasure. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. 
episode. I absolutely loved it. If you couldn't tell, make sure you go and follow Jordan, go and connect with her and all the things. Uh, And yeah, let me know. Let me know what kind of stood out for you. But so, so good. So good to connect with people all over the world and hear what they're doing in their business, what they're doing differently. And you know, I love to bring people to you that stand out, think different, do things different, are being bold. So, so good. 